Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 105, and everybody is all over the place here. <laughs> See if I can get this right here. There we go. <laughs> okay, we're going to be those people. Uh, <laughs> 105 podcasts, can you guys believe it? We're still climbing, that, and still people are tuning in every week. That's over two years of podcasts, which is a stupid amount of bowling content. Like, right. Like, but let's be real. As we, a weekly podcast. Yeah, exactly. We, we've we've talked for, well, I don't even know how many hours now. At least 200 hours worth of talking. Not not even just not even just our live or our live feeds and stuff. I, I could I about, could maybe look up minutes that. by now. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> you specifically. Almost yeah, there should minutes. be. A, uh, Daryl's not here tonight, so there should be a stat. For how long we've talked for. That's what he would be saying right now. So, yeah, there so, you go. Yeah. So, 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 Carrie, if you can bring that up, please. Yes. Uh, I'll try and find. I'll try and find out as we uh, get through this podcast. Um, I'm your host, Carrie, number seven, but number one in your hearts, Kreitz. Oh. We got Dexter, number one overall, but, Wiseman. But, but number seven in your hearts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> probably just shy of number twenty-five. Number thirteen, Mr. Tim Wiseman. And number two, Adam Weber. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to 5pinuniverse.ca. You can check out our rankings for uh, the bowlers on the Western Canadian Bowling Tour. We try and keep them up to date. It's been up to date for a year and a half. I think I'm doing pretty good. What was the uh, what was the record for longest reign at number one? You know what? It's a big asterisk now because there hasn't been any tournaments to dethrone you. <laughs> wow. it, was, it, was just, it was just a question. I, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like 300 and some days, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. I think that stat should go outside, out the window now. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it's, so. it doesn't matter. It's like Tiger yeah. Woods' number one reign. It doesn't matter yeah. anymore. We, we, we were saying that earlier before the podcast, uh, we had a chance to bowl a little bit yesterday, and, and Dexter has the, the highest uh, money earned in 2021 right now at $40. So. Five, yeah, five <laughs> of you does not condone illegal gambling, but I will gladly take your guys' money. Thanks. So, okay, so, he, so he made $40, and that's easy. take it off of? Uh, well, he took it uh, off Carrie, myself. Tim, DB, and Evan. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure my first game beat both Tim uh, Tim's games combined. Yeah, it, it actually That's did. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had a, I had a 157 with uh, two deuces, and then Schultz threw a deuce for me too. So I had I had a, I played very well. I had a 530 <laughs> double, so I was happy. That's pretty yeah. damn good. For yeah, for you, for all you guys who don't know what we were we were doing yesterday, we had a video shoot at Sure Bowl for a uh, 5P Universe, and uh, through Road 55 uh, through the Edmonton 5 Pin in Ontario 5. Um, we're building some videos to create content for five pin bowling. And so it was, a. I thought it was a pretty cool experience there. Um, didn't know necessarily what to expect. And, uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, two and a half hours of content. And, uh, we're, we're excited to see the first kind of video coming out in in hopefully about a month's time. And they even brought a drone in. The drone was really cool. So the, dr- the drone is awesome. So if any other bowling alley decides to, or organization decides that they're going to do this, and they're going to bring in a drone to do any sort of video footage, lesson learned, vacuum out the foul lights. <laughs> I don't know how often you people do it. I mean, our, our bowling alleys are closed for six months. Uh, we, we, I mean, we drag the lanes and stuff, but yeah, no. 
and as that drone flew by, our far, foul lights are very clean now. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever we crossed the foul line, it was all nice. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a very, watching. very expensive dusting of the lanes. It, it was. <laughs> It was, and, and then and then the drone made sure a left two pin on nine worked too, so that was good. It just, he may, may have accidentally drove it straight into a two pin. <laughs> no, it, it it was cool to see um, a lot of familiar faces and actually get to bowl in a, like a small competition, even a side pot like we did. Um, I'm missing it. Missing it big time, even though it was 30-some degrees and whatever. It was still fun. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a neat experience, and uh, the crew was really good to work with. So um, hope, hopefully we can bring good product out to you guys on that. Yeah, and, and you know what? They were there for two and a half hours with three cameras going the entire time. They collected a lot of footage. So hopefully, hopefully we got a lot of good stuff in there, and I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what's the plan for uh, like those videos kind of going forward? What, uh, what 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 were they for? Tim? Well, first of all, we we wanted to do like uh, kind of help. Originally, the Edmonton Five Pin wanted to work with the local centers and help market bowling and help them bring bowlers back into the into the centers after a long break with COVID. But the hardest part for bowling is how can you market something when there's been no videos, right? There's no video. There's no. There's really no still photos. There's there's no media out there. So, uh, if you want to market something on social media or on YouTube or anything like that, there's nothing out there to do that. So you got to create something. Um, so Ontario Five saw what we were doing and they jumped on board with us on that as well. So we were really excited about that. And so we're creating a couple of videos. The first one is um, to get back into leagues. So we had a bunch of different demographics with it as well. So, sign language. So we got a couple different. He's gonna throw us off the whole podcast. <laughs> uh, but it, so we have a couple different demographics. We had ladies. We had uh, seniors in there. Grandma and grandpa showed up, which is great. And then we had all actually all our proprietors in the city that showed up, and they were there, so they're all supporting it. Uh, we had a couple of our bowlers there. Five uh, PU was there. We had uh, special needs. Braden was there. So Special Olympics was there, and then we also had. Um, YBC that was there. So we had all the different demographics and we built it all up and uh, it all worked out really good for that. The next one will be just get back into bowling and then the other one after that will be into like parties and corporate and stuff like that. Uh, so we're just creating media. So after the first three, then we're going to see if we can do the next three after that. We're trying to do a, a six video package kind of thing right now. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Something, mm. something bigger and broader, right? So we did ask Adam. We did ask Adam to come out, and he was too good for us. So uh, I do want to point that out. Hey, when I only get called like 30 minutes before a podcast, <laughs> this is what you get in return. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> we, we gave you a solid three to four hours, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, as everyone could see, Daryl is not here tonight. He, uh, he got his second dose, um, and he's got a few health things going on. So he's not feeling too hot today, so... Um, He's not joining us, but we have our our lovable villain, Adam Weber. <laughs> our, our, our number two in our hearts. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, as Jeff Watts kind of pointed out there, 
Only 106 days till uh, the autumn open. Wow. That's, That's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. My, my I'm problem. so excited. Is I'm everybody going to be ready? I'm so stoked. <laughs> I haven't been involved since I, August. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, Weber, like, I mean, I, I threw what? I threw our practice thing for getting our competitive stream, but I haven't really thrown anything in six months, and I shot 660 yesterday for two, so screw it. I'm going to take another six months off. But you're an athlete. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Chris Farley was, was an athlete too, right? Man, COVID hasn't been good to you, Dexter. You've been stroking your ego more and more since COVID, man. <laughs> I just called myself goes. fat. Like, ego. I don't, I don't know, ego. I don't know what, what you consider ego, but I just called myself fat. <laughs> All Not right. with a pH. <laughs> Let's move on. Let, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I can't wait till uh, till the autumn. Uh, it it kind of helped not having national uh, vacation days to use this year. So uh, I was able to, to actually take you know the Thursday and Friday off for the autumn, and uh, Thursday Friday off for for the the Edmonton as well for TPC. So I'll, I'll definitely make sure I can get down there for the Thursday events now, which is kind of kind of new. So I, I usually don't play them. So it's looking really forward to it. Oh, yeah, good. yeah. The Thursday events are getting to be a big part of the the whole thing, right? Especially um, the Autumn Open having their doubles, and then TPC having their doubles, and the Invitational on the Thursday and stuff like that. It's just just as big part of uh, the whole weekend experience as much as the main event is, right? Yeah. So th this sounds like you're not retiring, then, Weber. I, I we'll see. I, I put uh, it off. Doesn't doesn't mean I've got to throw a ball. <laughs> <laughs> you will. There's no way you won't. So I, I still have zero desire to go down and throw a practice ball, which, which right. worries me because everybody else is getting super excited. Um, seeing seeing it all over, you know, social media. People are getting out there throwing the first two pin of the year, and it, 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 I just have no desire to get out there. So I, I'm I'm waiting for that moment where it kind of kicks in, but. I don't know. It's, this whole COVID break is uh, has not been good for for the mind. I, I think as you get closer to um, to the autumn and stuff like that, the drive will come to throw in some balls just just to make it, sure that you're relatively sharp. But yeah, right it doesn't now, help. It doesn't help. It's, yeah, it doesn't help that it's thirty degrees outside, right? Oh, exactly. For sure. There's and, so and much, so you, much more going on. It, while we're at it, you're sitting there talking about how like everyone's going out and you know throwing the first two pin for the year. How about we sit here and talk about the first perfect game of the year? Oh, wow. No, it's last year. It's last year. Uh, well, sure, last year, whatever. Like, yeah. 2021, uh, yeah. Timmy Sharp up in AJ, AJ's and... Uh, HJ's? HJ's, yeah, yeah that's in what I'm trying Grand to say. Prairie. It's the words I'm trying to say. In Grand Prairie, yeah. For They decided they're going to finish off their Monday Night League or whatever, and he goes out there and first week and throws a perfect game. Good for him. That's awesome. That's crazy, really. Yeah. It's insane. Play. <laughs> yeah just out of the out of the blue first week back maybe probably got 15 minutes of practice and then throw a perfect game that night that's yeah pretty, pretty amazing cool. good yeah. for timmy yeah and good for hjs i mean they it's it's uh they put a lot of effort in up there so it, it was a good moment for them yeah. so how does it feel to be the second best tim bowler in alberta perfect <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm actually third. Tim Smith is better than I am too. So. He's he's actually probably thirteenth. The rankings are pretty accurate. Yep. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not the Alberta five-pin universe rankings. It's it's a five-pin universe. Yeah. It's, yeah. Still probably 13th overall for Tim's, but... Uh, <laughs> so let's pay some bills here. We have uh, our drinking partner, our beverage sponsor for the week, Alley Cat Brewing. Can't thank them enough for uh, quenching our thirst during this heat. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) And uh, once again, all-star bowling sales. Um, Shelby and his crew have been a weekly sponsor for us, and they've been doing giveaways every week, or every weekly podcast as well. And we'll be running one again tonight. So uh, I see some, about six people already shared it. So uh, if you want to be... In the draw, you just got to enter hashtag all-star draw, and you'll be entered into the draw that we will run at the end of the night. Yeah. And Len's name's out of it already because Tracy's already on, so. <laughs> I just entered because I can't get free merch on this thing. <laughs> Unless you spill a beer and you to buy a shirt, right? No, that's not free, Tim. It wasn't free at all. <laughs> Um, and then thanks again to our actual sponsors of the podcast um, at patreon.com slash 5 universe. You can buy a patron for as little as $2 Canadian a month. And uh, we're getting enough sponsors on that patron that we are actually covering our costs, which is fantastic. So we'll be able to put more money into, uh, like Tim said, running these content creation things, the 8Gamer, the... Pro League and hopefully be showing up more events than just the WCBT stuff and live stream all that stuff too. So we can't nice thank you guys that. enough. Nice to see Posty's name on there. Yeah, That's Mr. Awesome. Dave Post, most yeah. recent patron. That's awesome. We yeah, we finally have a, awesome. a yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, considering that was kind of the whole idea of the patron from from the get go, right? Just to kind of gather costs and then now to actually see it come to fruition and you know the content creation stuff like that it's uh yeah it's pre- pretty fun to watch Kerry. yeah it's been been growing in like i said the two 105 podcasts right that's unreal anyways let's uh run our all-star bowling sales commercial and we'll bring our special guest of the week she's been waiting patiently so this sport is one of the lucky few that have uh couples that compete and all that stuff and you always get that joke how um, the spouse is the better half. Well, in this case, it is really true. We have <laughs> Tracy and Seth. Hi, <laughs> guys. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. That's a great introduction. <laughs> well, so true. I, I mean, he said sitting there, he's like, oh, yeah, she's been waiting patiently in the back. You truly are the most patient human being I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Without question. Well, thanks. got to work at that. <laughs> it's great to have you on, Tracy. Well, thanks for having me. I'm super ner- nervous, but uh, hopefully we can oh. get through some good conversations. Don't worry, don't worry. If Len could do it, you could do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little tidbit of information that we didn't know was uh, we always knew Lenny is a big Canadians fan, but you were telling us you might be a bigger Canadians fan. Yeah, growing up in my house in Prince Albert, my dad was a huge uh, Gila Fleur, you know, they're the old classic players. And I grew up 
cheering for the Habs. And, and I said, I think that's one of the reasons why he married me. And it happened to be in 93, the last time they won the cup. So let's, let's hope for good things. <laughs> yeah. Bring that cup back home. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. That's a neat uh, connection. That's cool. They've done very well. I, I honestly did. I did not expect Montreal to, I mean, win two games against Toronto, let alone be where they are now. And I had less faith in them facing Vegas. I think Vegas is a phenomenal team. And, uh, yeah, here they are proving everybody wrong again. So, uh, yeah, they're making a awesome. good run. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's just nice to see over Toronto. Yeah, I don't as long like as it's not Toronto, that's I'm cool all everybody it. cared about. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It was so fun to watch them lose in the first round again. It was great. That that makes the Oilers losing so much better. Like it, it instantly feels so much better. It's great. Yeah, all the series have been good, for sure. Absolutely. It still it still hurts. <laughs> Awesome. I thought Timmy had something to interject there. He was kind of hemming and hawing. I'm not no, sure what, where no, he was going no, with that. I'm, no, I'm just. Uh, you guys are far, far more intellectual than I am, so I'll just get quiet over here. <laughs> Big That's fan awesome. art. Love it. So, so A little bit of artwork here. You have very talented children. Awesome. Yes, they all three are pretty special kids. Yeah. Yeah, like I was telling uh, Tracy before, for those listeners out there, I actually have three um, records where her daughter um, painted on them, and they're all super cool. So they're all old vinyl. I have one of Groot, one of Sonic the Hedgehog, and one of the Stay Puff guy from, from Ghostbusters. <laughs> and they're awesome. They're super cool. Uh, very talented kids, that's for sure. Far more talent than I've ever had. Yeah, I remember delivering that to you in Red Deer. Yeah, 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 it was awesome. I was so excited, honestly. Stuff like that is right up my alley. So. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be a pun, Tim. <laughs> Just sitting there, sitting there laughing at non-existent dad jokes. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, too funny. So Tracy, we might as well talk a little bit of bowling here. Um, how'd you get into bowling? Um. Well, sports was always part of our lives growing up. Uh, my dad played some hockey and, and fastball. And I got started in fastball. And then when I was seven, we needed an activity for Saturday mornings. And my mom had done some bowling. So we just decided to try that out. Um, didn't, you know, just kind of did the YBC, had some socializing time Saturdays with some friends. Um, Lonnie Akers is one of them that's been lifetime friend with, with uh, the YBC program. Yeah, and then from there we we kind of went into, um, never made a nationals when I was in YBC, but I did do well in, uh, we got a gold in winter games when I was, I think it was grade 12, grade 11, and then that same year we had, our ladies team ended up winning the gold and I got this, I got the singles title that year. So it's kind of the first kind of taste of, hey, this is fun, I want some you know, want some more of this in the competition. And uh, after YBC, got a taste of some nationals. So I think mm -hmm. uh, 
but I think there's a lot more, especially kids that don't quite get to that nationals level, need to remember that, you know, please don't quit. There's so many more opportunities for you as soon as you uh, have a chance to play in the, the Open, the Masters, you know, there's a whole long list of it, let alone the cash tournaments in the circuit. Totally. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And the growth doesn't end in YBC, right? I mean, a lot of people make significant steps out of YBC in the first five, ten years after that. That you know, you can make that big jump partway through. So don't don't quit just because you know YBC wasn't everything you hoped and dreamed of. Um, take what you can out of YBC for sure. But yeah, that's right. And the the YBC years, we were really fortunate. Um, got to know a lot of people our our age doing the cash circuits. And they had YBC cash tournaments in Regina, Moose Jaw, Saskatoon, PA. And I uh, got to know a lot of great people around our province that, that still compete. Um, from the Clarks, you know, Kerry Snyder, some uh, Jan Rob, some really nice, uh, you know, nice competitors. And you keep up those friendships, but you got a taste for that head-to-head -head match and a little bit of cash. And, uh, yeah, that kind of kept you going, too. Yeah, that, that's something Doug Clark was talking about when he came on it. I didn't even know it existed, but I, I think that would have been super fun to play. No, as, and as it was kid. such a big deal. You paid your 35 or $40 at the time, and, and to have a chance at a couple hundred in one day when you're 15 or 16, you know, and doing something that you really love. So those tournaments kind of sparked me as well. Because it was fun to play. I had my, a 435 game, one match in... Uh, Regina. I was playing at the Prairie Lanes in a field lanes that were there, mm -hmm. and I played a fellow from Saskatoon, and and I hadn't really had a whole lot of four hundreds, and I shot a four thirty five, and I thought, you know, this this is possible to be at that level and 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 uh, you know keep it going that way. And then I won a couple titles. I think I beat Gary Snyder at the Pin House one for you know a couple hundred, which is always good and. Yeah. And then we, I think, also had one in Prince Albert. So just a taste and playing different people from around the province. It was fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Don't forget the bragging rights, too. Right? I, I, I hope you, like, dig at Carrie every time you see him about that still. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, he talks about my dad standing in the back watching and cheering, so that's good. <laughs> a little bit of intimidation. Yeah. Lots of good friendships. You bet. So yeah. you played fastball as a kid. Did you play as you got older as well, or was it just when you were younger? You know what? We I played fairly competitive fastball till I was nineteen or twenty, and then university kind of took over, and then you know have to get a summer job, and um, yeah, I just kind of lost the spark for that. So kept it going with bowling, and and shortly after that, really we were we were married and. It started coming and a career. So, yeah. just just till I was twenty. That's awesome. What position did you play? I was first base. I uh, I'm not fast at all. They <laughs> laughed. They laughed at me. I had to hit the ball twice as far to get to where I needed to go. <laughs> but I, was, I was pretty good on the bats, and and I just yeah, it was good to be part of the team. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I think we won provincials a couple times. So it was good. That's cool. Pretty su pretty successful in both sports. That's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, it's kind of, uh, I guess, nice hearing like somebody like you with such a a great adult career, 
not having the the success in the youth YBC program because um, I'm one of those players too. I never got to go to a YBC national and stuff like that. Always made provincials and you have a, a showing at provincials, but not good enough to make the national team or anything like that. And then have success once you're in the adult ranks. Like you said, there's so much more room for growth in the adult ranks afterwards. And it it's not live and die in YBC. There's a lot more after too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's hard to teach kids though too. I mean, we went and watched uh, our youngest girl played nationals um, two years ago, it was. And she got the silver medal as a Bantam singles. And the I was so impressed with the whole event because we had not experienced it. And Len and I talked about how well it was hosted. And, and you have to teach your own kid. Like, if you get a chance to come back, that's so fortunate. And to, to always do your best. And, it doesn't come easy. You're going to lose way more than you win. And you just want to, you know, learn from every experience. You know, take something home with you. I think YBC is also super dependent on who's in your center. And, and unfortunately, and, and then who's in your zone, right? And I, yeah. I think that's a very misconcepted, like, idea or construed. Because, like, Terry is, I mean, Terry was a good bowler in YBC, you know, and he was unfortunately just a little bit older than the rest of the guys that were coming up with him, right? And if he was a little bit younger, he would probably have been a really good dominant force. But like I've always said in YBC, you had to be a little bit lucky to be in the right spot at the right time, a little bit age group. Um, nowadays, I mean, doubles is one thing and, you know, singles is there. So it's kind of, that's kind of taken out of it a little bit. Um but I also find nowadays, especially in like the larger in Alberta, like especially in Edmonton and in Calgary, there's there, there's a lot of center jumping. There's a lot of center jumping and making your best teams, and and I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, we've been on the on the bonus side of it. Um, we nor we would we ever recruit, but I think YBC is super like very dependent on who you bowl with and, and how lucky you are with your program. Um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah um there just isn't enough um enough ybc players like you know how throughout hockey or baseball you have your different levels of your players like you have single a double a triple a there's just so many kids playing the sport that you can make those levels and you could have players move to a different or travel to a different city to play with a specific team because their local area doesn't have that tier, right? We're bowling. You don't have the option. It's literally you're who you're living around. That's who's going to make up your team. It doesn't matter yeah. your skill levels, right? There's a, yeah. it, it's kind of sad to see people moving or traveling to play with a specific team when they're really, some people just don't have that option. But. Yeah. It was a it was a really big accomplishment uh, last year before COVID. We had I want to say we had two junior girls in our program. One was my our daughter, and one was another girl. So we put them together as a doubles, and um, they were able to win the provincial. And for you know for not having as big a program as the cities, we were the only small town to actually win a provincial title. Um, you know, it, it was a huge accomplishment. I was really sad that we couldn't get to Calgary for the Nationals. Totally, yeah, but I agree. You just got to make make whatever you can work and, and, you know, light that fire and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess uh, to, to that point, I mean, 
Um, you know, Bull Canada has switched up YBC quite a bit in the last, you know, two decades, really going from five player teams to four player teams to doubles now, right? But um, they did it for those smaller centers, so it's nice to hear a story where that worked out, you know? Yeah. Um, so that that is that is awesome to hear. Um, I think that I think the big thing about you know the change between YBC and going into adults is that you know yeah in YBC if you want to make four steps, you know you kind of have to have a solid YBC program within your center. Whereas in the adults it's uh, you know a little bit different. It's definitely far more individualistic. You know you open you it's individual masters it's individual until you make teams for both of them right. So at least. At least that's a little bit better because, you know, you make a team, you're going to have a pretty solid team, but it also forces you to get better too. There's no gimmies. You're not going to have, you're not going to be, you know, sitting in a center where you have five seniors competing for four, four spots or something like that. So um, you're kind of forced when you get into out of YBC to make that step if you want to compete. So, and honestly, when we were in YBC and seniors and stuff, it's, I mean, we, we still wanted to compete well on Wednesdays, but we weren't, we weren't driven to get better when we were kind of at that plateau in the YBC area, right? So you get out, you're forced to, but there's there's a lot of growth that can be had once you're out. You know? I, I think the big key is just that transition period, right? Those, those final two, three years of YBC and, you know, having the opportunity to play on some of the cash circuit now and uh, even just, uh, you know, subbing uh, on some of the adult leagues, right? Just kind of get your, your feet wet so you get that, that comfort level when you start playing some of these tournaments. Um, it, it's just pure pure confidence going in, and very likely that, that your game's going to improve. You, you know, typically, you know, you play with a, a better player, you, you're, you're going to get to that level as well, right? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a big shift for, for myself and for Landon's when we went to university and moved to Saskatoon. Um, you know, we were welcomed right away to their major league to I was I finished my YBC last year at Eastview and and the people were just remarkable and then for you to stay and maybe play the open a few years there we kind of got a different perspective on, on things um, and then we did move to a few other zones and you know played played a few more times but um, having that group of people around you that you know they're glad that you're there and it, they make you feel welcome, and and that was a that's a really good memory for me. Totally, yeah. Um, to to your point, Adam, I think that's I think that's a really good point. You know, I, I think in those final years of YBC and stuff, I think going to some of the cash tournaments or going out to open qualifyings or seeing open provincials if it's close, just expose yourself to the situations and and the environments and be around those people and you know. Get, put yourself into a position to be comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you, it, it's not like it was way back in the day. Like everyone's pretty friendly. Um, they're pretty excited to see the young guys come up. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think definitely put yourself out there because you know, make yourself comfortable, make yourself known, um, be comfortable around those people because you're going to be there soon, hopefully. You learn a lot just by conversations. You know, yeah. talking to people on the side and and. Uh, you know, lots of great input into the game and you don't even have to be throwing at them. You're exactly right. And watching, watching how people throw the ball, watching how people handle situations because, you know, everyone handles situations different, but there might be somebody there 
that resonates with the way that you would handle situations, and you, you can learn a lot by just watching. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, only way you can get better sometimes is getting experience, right? Um, and, and sometimes that's you get thrown to the wolves and get beaten up and whatnot. I mean, I got beat up a few times before I made my first cutter or made my first open, but if you if you wanted that badly, if you want to learn and get better, it's the only way you, you, you got to learn, right? So... Yeah. Yeah. I always like comparing it to other sports. Um, our men's pro league or our men's baseball league, or I guess I should say slow pitch league. Um, there for years, we were a young team. We got the snot kicked out of us every year for like the five straight years till we finally could play as a team and got better and better. And now we're kind of the top. And then we have these young teams coming in, they're losing every game and they, they seem to get discouraged and want to quit and it's like no you just stick with it you'll be amazed you stick with your team how things uh kind of flow out and it's the same thing with bowling you you continuously go back to the open you keep trying out and you learn stuff you talk to the ones that always make the teams and eventually you become one of those players that always makes the teams right it's it's a whole learning curve I think it's super important for those, you know, those players at that level to become that that mentor to some of these younger kids coming up, or at least be open to the idea. If, you know, what uh, one of the kids comes up and wants to ask you a question, not to brush them off, right? They're 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 hoping to gain some knowledge and gain some confidence and and be a part of this group. So, um, I, I definitely think, you know, quite a long time ago now, because I, uh, I. I pretty sure the, the current group of so-called pros that are out there are pretty welcoming uh, to that group but it, it was super cutthroat back in the day and uh, you, you, these old guys did not want the young guys to take over their spot right yeah. so now there's do a lot of the pros that just want to see people succeed and that's that's all we want for this sport yeah do you think now with the WCBT gaining traction and more and more entries coming in and cut spots obviously becoming less and less of a percentage do you think it gets back to that cutthroat mentality where you you might plant seeds with a player to see if you can gain an edge on them to make sure you you get one of the spots i i think there's enough people out there that i would hope they would shut that down right um i, I think there's enough people out there especially if it's a young kid or whatnot i mean that's that would be just ridiculous right um but would I put it past a few people? No. Uh, but do I think it's the, like a lot of people out there like the Stan Blacks and stuff like that, like it was in the past? We're not where we were like that by any means, right? So uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're way more welcoming than we used to be. Um, there's still going to be those people. But, unfor uh, but unfortunately, I think the good will always outweigh the, the bad now nowadays, right? So Yeah, I'm going to say like 94. 98% of people are going to be good. I mean, at the end of the day, we need people to bowl. Um, and if we want to be successful in the Open and Masters, we need to have, you know, our best bowlers. And sometimes, you know, that's some of the young people coming up. And, that, like, that's that's good for us. Um, the other thing is, too, is you also don't want to have any animosity with any of those people either. You, you may have to be on a team with them. Why would you want to ruin those relationships? And third of all, I mean, WCBT is flourishing. We're having tons of people coming in. 
And no one's going to want to come to these tournaments if everyone there are dickheads, right? <laughs> like, I, and really, it's, it's true. Like, I'm not going to go... Uh, there was there was times on the Wednesday Night League where everyone was acting, like, really ridiculous. And I just ended up not wanting to go anymore. And, and I think, ultimately, the WCBT has gotten better. People have become far more approachable. And I think... I think for our game, it's important that the higher level people are approachable because the game's got to extend past our current generation, and it won't if everyone is just dicks to everybody. So. And, I, and I think, too, that if, if you kind of keep in mind, I mean, everybody plays their own game, and I, I watched a lot of bowling matches, but you have to remember, too, that you, you don't know which eyes are on you. You don't know... Um, who's making an impression based on how you're performing. Um, and I really believe in throwing that positivity out there and it'll come back. It might not come back immediately, but it, it, it will. You know, you'll build better teams. You'll have relationships with people that you competed against in YBC. And yes, keep it positive. Keep the sport growing. Totally. And, and I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in bowling karma. <laughs> like... Straight up, you know, the amount of times you see somebody do something like, or just chirp somebody. I mean, even if it's just fun, the amount of times that we chirp each other for ripping a right three pin, and like the next ball is almost a guarantee to left three pin for yourself, you know? <laughs> Bowling karma is a real thing, so just be good and <laughs> don't have the negative karma come back at you. For sure. So, um, we're, we're just going to swap topics over here. I want to pull a DB and cut Dexter off. So uh, <laughs> we do like to stay on topic a little bit here. Um, let's, let's move over to the C5 here. Uh, I know, Tracy, uh, you've made a lot of opens in the past when you participated. Um, I do have some notable achievements here. I know you had a 95 uh, single silver medalist, and you're, you were second at the open. And uh, in 2009, you were named a top 100 bowlers of all time by the C5. Um, that's a pretty amazing feat there. Um, do you have any great memories you want to share from the C5 events or any good teammates or anything like that or, or memories? Um, the C5, like when we played the Open, like I said, we played, I want to say, four different zones over the years. Okay. Um, I didn't play every year because of teaching and um, masters kind of leaned better into my time off in July. So I didn't play as often as I did masters. Um, made the nationals twice as a singles. And that those are my only two appearances. And I, I don't know if I played provincials six times, maybe. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, just, just a handful of times. Len's played more, um, and, and uh, yeah, 95 was a good year. We, uh, My brother-in-law, Darcy, Len's brother, ended up winning the singles the same year. So he and I went to Quebec, to Hull, and were treated really well, and were interviewed by the, you know, the Ottawa paper, and I had to keep reminding them that he was not my husband. He was my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Same last name on the, on the shirt. You know, it was lots of fun. Um, I had a really good tournament. I think I qualified second. Lori Stevenson from Minnedosa. She played really well. I think she was over 270 for, for the qualifying. Mm -hmm. um, I was so excited to be in the stepladder. And I remember playing Anna Swartzman from Southern Ontario. 
and she was intense, and I and I she was a fierce competitor, and I I was really lucky to to beat her. I shot three thirty, and got to play in the final against against Lori. Um, yeah, I didn't play well in the final. I I, I can say I, I think my score was a two thirteen and. I remember looking over at Darcy and I remember Lynn Howell saying a few things in between, you know, and all these people, you have images, right? But I yeah. was, I was kind of riding the high of the 330, but I just couldn't pull it together. And I Fair. remember, I remember playing three strikes in a row and I, and I you know, looked at my brother-in-law and he's like, okay, you got this, you got this. And my next frame is still ingrained in my head. My backup went to the right for a pitch. Second ball, same spot, and it just mm. defeated me. How did I count 20 on my turkey in a final? Mm. You know, I have one shot at this. So, I, yeah, it was, it was uh, as I look back, I'm really proud I made it to the finals, but that gold medal is still something. It's just so <laughs> But congratulations, she was such a good competitor too. Mm -hmm. yeah. if, if it makes you feel better, you're, you're 213, it was a better score than Adam had in his final, you know, in well, 2019. That does make me feel a little better. <laughs> the, the, the finals are, the, it's just a different animal. Mm -hmm. You just said that extra totally. intensity, you have everybody watching, there's dead silence everywhere. It's it, it's tough to get, get going. It, actually, funny thing is, the, the, the females typically bowl significantly better than the males in it. So... <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really good experience. And uh, 2001, it was in Hamilton, and I ended up winning the provincials. And I I played I played pretty well in Regina to win the provincials. And I remember my second game was a 398, and kind of just kept me going. And um, played in the final against Linda Beretti, a Regina bowler, and ended up winning a berth to Hamilton. And I went by myself. And you know, just Dave Jorgensen was the the male counterpart, but his team also won, so he was busy a lot. So I got, you know, I had a chance to to watch some bowling, to talk with people. Um, I qualified third, and then that one it's the top five, right? Yeah. Step ladder. Um, and I lost to Barb McLaughlin, another great thrower. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Karen Armstrong was also in that field, and she medaled as well as. I think maybe Brenda Walters won that year, I think. Some really great competitors and you know you just you learn, you're disappointed, you're upset, you're mad. I got fourth place and you know, wanted a medal. But you 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 know, you reflect on it and you think, you know what, it was okay. I, mm -hmm. you know, qualified third, I did a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Missing I mean, some hardware. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I totally understand the disappointment, but like yeah, as time goes on, looking back at it. You were still second and fourth in like hundreds of thousands of bowlers across the country, right? It's it's an amazing feat. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and and get people off the lanes. Like I remember having lots of conversations with with Rob Shannis, and you know, just getting to know um, their thinking on the game. Those conversations leave such an impression with me. So it's just nice to think back on it. Mm-hmm. So you played six sorry, six or seven times you said at the open and you played four different zones, right? Is that 
Um, it, may, it, may, it makes sense when you mention about work-wise, because as teachers, it's tough to take off Easter and then take off June again, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, 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 it's, it's tough for you to take off June, so that's why maybe why the Masters was more prevalent, probably, right? Yeah, you know, and Easter time was okay for provincials. You might need a day or so if you're playing singles, yeah. but the whole idea is to play provincials to win to go to nationals. So yeah. then in May, right? Typically it's May, I think. So four yeah. or five more days was kind of pushing it. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of made the decision. Um, just kind of stick with the Masters and play that for a number of years. Yeah. yeah. So you made Masters Nationals 20 times. Yeah, and you know, I, I can't remember if it's 2015 we kind of, I kind of turned her in. But just about every year since 19, I was 19, and made my first Nationals in 1992 and went to Victoria. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. <laughs> Everything was so cool. And uh, my team did not, I think we finished it for six. I played with two ladies from Saskatoon, uh, Terry Stewart and Kathy Jorgensen, and two other ladies from Prince Albert. And it was uh, Phil Barczyk and Diane Borney. And, you know, it was just kind of my first experience at Masters. And I was I was in awe of all these provincial teams. I thought that was such a cool idea. So to be part of it and and to fit in, like I didn't feel like I was out of place at 19. So it kind of lit another fire under me. And the next year I won the singles for our province and got to go to Sudbury. Um, and Don Salmond was the singles with me then. And I ended up getting the bronze medal. I actually found a picture. Uh, Tracy Smith's father, Mr. Boytel, was giving me my bronze medal. Oh, so that wow. was a really cool picture to find because he kind of made a big deal of it and embarrassed me because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a shy person. But uh, <laughs> Karen Bourne beat me in the semifinal and Diane Violini won the gold. And then I came a handful of times and a couple times with Len, a couple times with Tom Patterson. Uh, numerous teams and so many good people, good players from, you know, Crystal Hibner to, oh boy, I'm gonna, I don't want to forget too many people, but there's so many. <laughs> think, about, think about, you know, 15 teams that you played on. Um, exactly. The Spark Girls, you know, Andrea Bodner, got maiden names now. Just tons and tons of really good players. And we just couldn't win a gold medal. Just, we, we worked really hard, and some of my best memories are fourth place, you know, or just trying to get to that bronze medal and losing the, the last match. And, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. it's all good. It's all it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. How good? How good did that first nationals feel after? Like you said, you didn't, you didn't, you know, make it in YBC, and yeah. and that's quite okay. Yeah. But I bet you that first nationals, nineteen years old, would have felt really good. Yeah, it was lots of fun, for sure. Yeah. And then I tried the classifieds. I went to that the next year with the, some ladies that were all over the map in age. And, you know, yeah. it was just crazy. It was a, it was a great time. That was in Winnipeg, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, one tournament that I wish I made nationals in, that's for sure. It was great, you know. Um, Len, Len was on a team that won, too, in Edmonton. And 
it was just fun to watch and just see all the different, the, you know, the levels of averages and how they're just intense at times and fighting for that, for that first spot. It was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we did talk about that a few podcasts ago. It was, it was a totally unique uh, event. Um, I thought it was one of my favorite events to play, right? The National Classifieds. I always, always enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It was, it was, yeah, definitely different. I mean, I, I don't know, like you said, like you have a class one bowler that's shooting a 90. It's tough to be upset with them because that, I mean, that's, uh, that's around their average, right? But, and you're the coach. And you're yeah. the coach, yeah. yeah. So that was the hard part. I was actually, I was just getting beer, right? Maybe that's why we came in eighth. But, <laughs> but it, it, it was it was a it, it was a great <laughs> event, though. It was a lot of fun, though. I like. I wish I wish they brought it back, right? So, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, um, and with the Masters, I probably should. Uh, Len probably mentioned this too, but '98 was a, the year that I got the silver medal. Diane Violini beat me in the final. And uh, Len was playing Mark Jackson on the lanes beside me, and he had just won the gold medal. So it was, you know, it was kind of oh, bittersweet. Yeah, I, you know, we, we had the goal of let's let's both get that gold. You know, that was we had a really good week of playing, and Len was uh, really supportive, and I really enjoyed playing singles with him. You know, he, he does he doesn't walk away. He he really supports um, whoever's beside him on that lane. And you know, it was nice to see that he won, but I made up for it and put a few things on TV, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. As much as Len is like a bit of a shithead, <laughs> a bit of a shithead, a major shithead, um, he is he is a super supportive guy. Um, every time that we've ever seen him, he's been super supportive. Hell, he told Tim that he was going to win the WCBT event, the, yeah. the tour finals, and, the, and then faced him. Like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Uh, but, like, yeah, su- super supportive guy, super supportive with the YBC. Like, the amount of times that he would pick up Blake and drive him out to Sherwood yep. Bowl to go into events and stuff, it's uh, it's things like that that really go a long way. So, yeah, I'm giving Len way too much credit right now. I need to stop. <laughs> Any other ladies that have played singles with him have all told me that too. So, Alyssa um, yeah. Spark, Crystal Hibner, Michelle Fizzy, yeah, they've all said how, how, how great he is to bowl with. So, um, I think it was two times we got to play singles together, which was great. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that I could totally understand that being a very bittersweet scenario, but I mean, I, yeah, no, I don't they gave think us, that. Uh, they gave us shoes, right? The gold medalist got to order shoes, and Len okay. ordered shoes for me. So that was that was. Good the, they're you know. probably the same size, anyways. <laughs> you you give a little and then you take away. I like it. <laughs> Uh, but honestly, I I don't I don't think any it, I don't know Tim would probably know better than me. But can anybody think of any couple that's won gold medals at the same time? I was just like, trying I to mean, think singles? if there's ever been a couple that has won both yeah. divisions in the same year, and I don't in, think so. That that would have been the closest by far. So. Yeah, I'm sure know. teams have done it, but I mean, teams we have done close. it. We were this close, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That's so cool. That is really neat. I've been yeah. digging over the summer over history stuff, and I haven't come about it. So I could be wrong, but I just got the master stuff too. So I, I haven't seen any of that stuff. So yeah, you guys have been in the record books for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That would have been, been, been crazy. Hmm. Did you have a... I I don't think you're the only person to say no. that. <laughs> yeah. um, do you, do you have a, a favorite memory for Masters? A favorite team? Do you have a, a favorite a, a favorite place that you went for Nationals? You know, it, we've been lucky. I think we would have gone through the provinces pretty much twice. Um, Newfoundland, of course, is always a highlight because it's it's just so beautiful. Um, I really enjoy Hull. Yeah. Uh, Canada Day on Parliament Hill is something to see. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, you know, we've, we've done well in Alberta. I can't say. I really enjoyed Calgary. And you, you mentioned, I think, um, Dexter, when they had the rodeo out in the yeah. That, was, that was great. Like, oh, yeah, man, that was a flood year. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That we, yeah. we moved hotels. Uh, we didn't know if we had a hotel to begin with. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was a gong show of a week, but yeah, the rodeo was great. The rodeo was really it good. Was. It was different. It was the, yeah, it was the first time I'd ever been to anything like that, and it was yeah. super fun. I was really surprised. And you learn exactly why all those bulls are so mad. Like, you get it, like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely was. Um, remember, Red Deer was lots of fun. Winnipeg is always hosted great nationals. Um, mm -hmm. they had like a carnival theme, which was kind of cool because you you could get your your fortune told, and you know, it was just it, just the oh, different yeah. game nights are fun. Um, yeah, I enjoyed Quebec. I enjoyed Northern, Southern. You get to go to ball game if you want yeah it's... oh yeah oh, that, that was we, that was we want to talk about going to ball games tracy <laughs> yeah we, actually that was brought up by kevin we ignored that I comment saw kevin's comment yeah you know what i don't i don't control them <laughs> i know <laughs> what would have been the alternative that's what I like. Do you know what? If if, you, if, if anybody had a shirt, because you know what? The problem was he was sitting right behind the bus driver and everybody saw everything. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I remember him laughing. <laughs> We're in the back of the bus. Oh, and you see these two little marbles, right? And it, it's, it's Len. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's one of many stories, I'm afraid. But, you know, <laughs> we stuck it out this long. We're okay. Well, well that, that, that's what I mean. You are the most patient person. You weren't, you weren't rattled one bit. And you're just like, ah, day in the life. Too funny. Too funny. Yeah, I just, I just wish you know, had a bigger like, cup. Our kids hear things like this, and it's like, oh, yeah. 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 Dad that. yeah. yeah. I, I feel like so. you guys have, like, a really unique family, uh, you know, uh, relationship and uh, yeah no I don't know I mean we were talking before you like you guys do festivus for Christmas and stuff like that too right yeah it's awesome I love it you guys you guys have a unique family experience and it's great look I I think that household would be a lot of fun yeah, that's for sure. you have to laugh a lot for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> All right, so uh, as we leave it, Len and, and the bus, we're going to move on to TSN and t television. Uh, uh, 
you want to tell us a little bit about your your television experiences? I know you won back to back in '95 and '96, and you represented CBC twice and TSN five times altogether. Yes, it was. Uh, it's probably the highlight of my career, just being a part of those shows. Um, I don't have the hardware from the Open and the Masters like a lot of your previous guests, you know, and I do envy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and when I hear some of some of the you know wonderful players from across the country that have those gold medals, um, you know it's 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 pretty imp impressive. When I was uh, able to get to TSN um, '95, I had just had Aaliyah, and we had just got married a few years, so I was young, and I was I remember being really nervous and you know going by myself, and then there was another winner from the south, so we had kind of counterparts to hang out with. Um, with the men and the women. Um, yeah, some of the impressions I have were how the lights were so bright and how the heat of the lights really, I felt that. Um, the quietness of the crowd. And then if you could listen closely, you could hear some of the you know, commentary. So it was to keep your focus. And I kind of made myself um, the promise that I would, you know, it didn't matter what happened. I like the format frame by frame. So let's just see how many frames you can win that first match. And, you know, keep it, keep it on the lanes and, and just hope for good things. Um, I remember practicing and also being um, at the bowling school and Tom had the kids line up the gutters. So this was mm -hmm. just before I, I left for my first TSN. And it kind of just like, okay, that's, I got to focus here. I've got to really maintain this focus. And, um, it did help tremendously. So, um, yeah, I have to dig out my notes here, but we had so, so many good players. My goodness. I remember playing two um, ladies from Saskatchewan. One in the first year was, um, I want to say it's Heather Lawrence, and she had just thrown it like a 360. She had a, she had a huge, huge game. I ended up playing Sandy Danbury in the final and uh, Sandy Horton. She's, she's fantastic. She's, mm -hmm. her resume is so impressive. And I really appreciated her style and I, I appreciated her family support in the crowd because I didn't have that but going by myself. So those kinds of things I did notice, or oh, I guess it was, sorry. I, yeah, it was Wesley Walliser. I played in the first year and then Heather Lawrence in the second in the second uh, year. So we've got to play Saskatchewan people um, each year. Um, yeah, Saturday Denver in the final, I, I did, sh I shot a 287 to, to her 246. But what was impressive, which kind of lasting memory she gave me is I started with three strikes in a row. And, you know, it was a battle. It was 5-5 five, five by the time we were done. So just her tenacity and her, her determination and I was just like, wow, I, I did win. This is cool. So, and I averaged 286 for the four games on TV. Oh, Took home a nice little prize of 6,400, which was cool. That's awesome. And then when they told me I got the buy back, I was like, I get to come back. I don't have to play provincials. You know, that was just, it was such a, awesome. a, a cool thing. Yeah. And uh, yes. I played Barb Murphy from Redford Island, some old names, some names here. Kathy Davidson, 
another great thrower, and I played Heather Lawrence. And in the final, the second year, I played Shirley Abbott from Newfoundland. Oh, and, yeah, and uh, the second year, I was just in, I was just in awe that I could, I could throw the ball even better, and I averaged three hundred wow. for the four games. So that was the first time that was done for men or women, and it was it was incredible. It was uh, like you felt you felt like this is this is just going to be easy. And then the yeah. third year, I got back, and I and Deanna Barber beat me first match and, and it was the it was the I was expecting my second child and I was confident I felt good I felt comfortable um I needed to get two strikes in the 10th frame to win the match and I was very confident I could do it and I, the first ball I threw in puck and I got the strike I said okay just one more and I buried it and got a corner and then it would just kind of hit me oh Okay, I can go sit down now. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Deanna, and, and that was that. And then it was 10 years later when I won the provincial again. I kept trying in between and lots of great players in our province. You know, so didn't do as well 10 years later, but got to the show a couple more times. And, uh, you know, it was fun. It was fun the one year, and I don't remember which year it was, 2006 or seven. They did a team event, and based on your scores in your in your matches, they formed province. Like we were part of the prairies, so it was myself, Sandy Anderson, um, Jim Llewellyn, and I think Matt McKill. So we were the prairies team, and then we played, you know, the eastern team, and then they did a a Baker style with one frame each. And they wanted it loud and they wanted to show the contrast between the singles events. So just being part of that was, was very cool too. So I got two, two frames in that and I know I went pitch spare both times. It was so fun though, yeah. I think that was the year that, uh, was, it, was it Brad Glenn? Brad Glenn started jumping everywhere or something I heard? I think that <laughs> I was the year. Yeah. yeah. So how, how crazy, I know Len brought this up and we talked about this, your win at TSN is what your community, uh, your community saw it and actually got you a bowling alley because of it, or built a bowling alley because of that. How crazy is that? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, it just tells you the kind of people that live, lived here back then and still live here. Um, they didn't, you know, certain people didn't, didn't like that we were driving. To North Balfour, to Unity, to Bowl, and why don't we have a bowling alley? How hard is it to get a bowling alley? So they bought the co-op. They did fundraising as a community, and some amazing, amazing uh, people stepped up. They got lanes, put in four lanes in the old co-op building, and they're still there. And you know, I, I promised myself to try to try to give it back by uh, working with the youth, and been doing the YBC program ever since. But yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible what uh, small communities can do when they come together. Oh yeah, that's yeah. really neat. And, and your center is always it's fairly busy for the most part. You guys have a lot of different leagues, right? I don't know. I know your YBC programs half decent, right? And then I know Lenny Lenny Bowles there whenever he feels like, I guess, right? He has keys. <laughs> yeah, that I, I know. Yeah, yeah, you guys have keys. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> No, you know, our, our youth program, like most places, has has uh, gone down in numbers. 
Um, I'm really hoping there's a huge bounce back after this whole COVID thing. I think people are going to want to be involved. I really do. And hopefully we can get some kids from school to kind of realize, you know, this is a this is an option for you. Um, our, our league play, we have a couple seniors leagues during the week and then a few night leagues. But, you know, it's not like it used to be, but it's still, you know, it's doing okay. We just need a little more. Um, I just want to point out the fact that you averaged 300 in one of those things is absolutely <laughs> incredible. Like, I, I don't know how we haven't come back and touched on that, but that's insane, especially, especially in that kind of scenario. Again, with all the lights and the people and just the sole focus on you. For you to sit there and say you walked in and he's like, yeah, this is going to be easy. That is incredible. <laughs> like, well, is... well, don't say it that way. I, I don't think <laughs> I think I was I was better prepared the second year just because yeah. I could practice this you know from my memories of the first year. So I practiced the format. I practiced okay. I know it's going to be hot, um, and it's just it's one of those things. I just think it was meant to be, and that was that was just my weekend. Um, that's it. I mean, the next year I was confident, and I didn't get past my first match. So yeah. I think I mean, things I... were just meant to be. That, that's yeah. that's kind of the way the match play is, right? I mean, you can have a great day and still lose in match play, right? So <laughs> you still have to be a little bit a little bit lucky to... I mean, not lucky, but I mean, the better you are, the more luck you're going to have, and you're probably going to get through those matches a little bit easier. But, yeah, um, yeah it's it's still match play. Somebody could still shoot oh. 400 at you, right? So well, it's... Yeah. Well, let's be fair. Like, in a pins game format, you have to get lucky once or twice because those frames are so important right 10 percent of the match is over in one frame right like it's it's, it's a such a big deal really, yeah you really have to yeah. stop and breathe and and get that focus and um it's exciting part though well yeah. dexter prime example like your record on the wcbt you've never lost in frames right you've always lost in pinfall yeah right your your losses were five five splits like yeah. just one frame you need right at any one of those matches it's yep. it's insane how how crucial it is and how much pressure especially tracy's saying the heat um running into wcbt events um at heritage lanes we happen to have a spotlight on us it it got hot just in that and that's without um tsn i think it was a lot more congested and there was a lot more people all around the pits and stuff like that I couldn't imagine the heat level in there. Yeah. yeah, the crowd was right to your left where we played in new markets and, and it felt like they were just on a lane with you, right? And then <laughs> behind you, you could hear the commentators, uh, even though they have the plexiglass, you could still hear them. And yeah. yeah, I just kept, okay, hit your spot, hit your spot. Yeah. Yeah. Focus. I, mean, I, I think at that point they were uh, still filming in the summer but for the winter so people were still dressing up in long sleeves and, and all that too right so everybody's sweating the whole time just get really hot in there it was filmed in august yeah when when did it transition over to calgary for tsn's that's a good question because it ended up going to silver dollar i remember mm -hmm. like, yeah. for a long time yeah, but when I went back in 2005 and six, it was uh, it was at Silver Dollar. Yeah. Um, you were you were sitting there talking about um, about bowling school and having the kids line the gutters and 
have everybody be loud and, and, and bowling like that. I was uh, I, I happened to watch Ten Pin this weekend, and I'm, I'm trying to watch a little bit more Ten Pin because there isn't a whole lot of Five Pin stuff going on right now. And um, they did they're doing the King of the Hill tournament or a King series of the or, yeah King of the Lanes and that it's, Bayside Bowl it's yeah awesome. It's it looks like it's so much fun. They're allowed to be super loud the entire time. They're like arm's length away from all the bowlers and the bowlers get to go high five them and I don't know yeah, I, I think having them that close but still being able to be loud yes. would be absolutely awesome I think it'd be so much fun I would. I think I'd like that better than pure silence because pure silence you hear everything at least if you start having everybody be super loud it kind of drowns out you know a lot of the other stuff and or or you have the super silent and we get that one person with a loud pitch something or does something talks Exactly. Sudden, right. Or a fly, you know, goes across or something. I don't know. But there, I don't there's think always, the noise would stop that, Tim. There's always an excuse, right? So <laughs> there's, always <laughs> phone, there's always a phone that rings, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every yeah, there is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the shot wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Bradford. Man, I got pissed off at him that year. Oh. <laughs> and then afterwards realizes he's a pretty good guy. Oh yeah, he's always a super good dude. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, you're taking away our, our bar sales, right? But... Yeah, like, yeah. So we did in the back room. Yeah, we ran to the back and ordered from the front. Yeah. Yeah, I made sure I took a lot more time so they'd uh, buy a few more for you. So you're welcome. Yeah. 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 yeah that's why you did it. Yep. But. But yeah, I mean, we we ran that five pin universal challenge or whatever in the summer of last year for some things, and I think it'd be super fun to bring that up back again, and then just line line the runway on lane one or something, and just let people just be savages. <laughs> I, think, I think it'd be super entertaining, honestly. Well, the, I mean, the pro team league thing that you can have audiences now that COVID restrictions are lifting and stuff like that, you could have your local center people, if they want to come watch the pro team play their match and stuff like that, that, those are options now with these restrictions lifting and stuff like that. I think that's a huge opportunities for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be, yeah, you're right. Well, especially if you created the event around that buzz, right? Then people know going in, it's going to be like this and they're not going to get mad at anybody. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Carrie, what we can do, We'll we'll put the other feed up on the TV, right? We'll have our obviously our feed going, and then we'll sell premium tickets to sit down in the pit <laughs> on the other side. That yeah. that'll, that'll cover our costs. But twenty but bucks a seat each match. Twenty bucks a seat. But wait, you get to they, sit right they, there. They can't be from the other team though, because you know the bombers are going to be dicks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because Daryl needs an edge in order to get his geriatric team to win, right? So, just saying. Oh, but anyways, we've been, we, we were talking about Saskatoon Bowling School. Um, last, I think that's the first time I ever met you, Tracy, was in Saskatoon. Uh, 25 years instructing at that school. And like I don't think there has been a better fit for, for somebody at that school. Um, I know you went there for a few years. I believe you met Len there too, right? You guys got you guys met Len there, right? I like met at first Len sight, maybe. Yeah. 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 But, it's, uh, it, it was it's a big part. It's a big part of my life. Um, 
five years I went as a student and then Tom invited me to come back as a, an instructor and being in education at the time he also had offered you know a chance for me to go into his classroom and do some volunteering so I went in and did some of that with his grade one kids and got to know Tom a little better um, yeah it's it's been such a learning experience every year and it's something that is it's rewarding as rewarding for me as it is I think for the kids I and mean, you just hope to give a little bit back um, through your conversations with the kids making those connections um, yeah and our youngest kid had a taste of it and she really liked it so you know hopefully we can get it back in 2022 and we can we can start to to see, you know see these kids back because you know their excitement to be there and their questions and you know when you when you work with eight nine year, year olds in a, in a classroom having a chance to be with um you know sometimes it's 16 17 year olds you just get a different perspective and i think well what can i offer them you know what what do i have to offer these you know the tyler ticket that i had one of the years i taught i taught her and it sometimes it's just getting them to reflect on their own game and throw some challenges at them um tom's been such a such a, a role model for me too and the fact that education is so important for him and uh, working with the kids is is how we can get back Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, could could not agree more. Bowling school is awesome. It definitely it definitely helped us in so many ways, and you know helped us you know get to know all you guys too. And um, it, it's it's a uh... who was that boy five bowling guy? Who was that? We we don't know. Did we know? Yeah. Oh no. my god! No, I like he it. Keeps trying to get on. <laughs> 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 That's He's my favorite. How many years, Tim and Dexter, did you guys come to the school? Uh, my memory is not four, four or five. five. Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. 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 I had I had Leslie Walliser uh, once, and I had Val Flyshaker twice. Yep. Yep. And then I had was it Reno Sincera or is that Reno? Sincero. Sincero. Yeah. I had Reno yep, and, I, and mixed with Jimmy Lallan that year. Yep. Um, so I think that was what i had i think we had four so. that's remarkable that you remember sorry and larry johnson so five we've been there for very five good years. Yeah. yeah yeah for the longest time there were instructors coming from all over the country um yeah. when the when the enrollment was strong and the budget was there um yeah. and that was really fun as an instructor to be able to you know go and supervise and do the whatever with the after hours but have those conversations with with people like like Leslie and Lori Stafirik, yeah, like just some really great people. Um, I can remember, I can remember half the students that I, that you know were in my groups. But it's interesting the stories that come out after. You know, like Casey yeah. Fowler said he found my report card I gave him, and you know one year, and I thought that was really cool that you even kept it. You know, yeah. And, yeah, totally. and then I remember West Payne from Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. And he threw a perfect game at at uh, Stacey Sanderson's house. Yeah, yeah. He did, he did. yeah. I thought him open. And, and you know, I was, I was there with Len, and he, he came over to me after, and he said, he said the one thing that I thought, wow, it just, it made my whole weekend, when he says, all I thought about was your pushing me. 
get that push away. Yeah. You know, the one thing that we talked about at, at school and he said, and I did it. And I was, I'm just so proud because you get to kind of live vicariously through all of these successes. And yeah, I'm just so proud. Yeah. 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 And, and you're right. You know what? Even just, you know, you, you could be working with somebody with a 250 average or stuff like that, but you know, just giving them a little different perspective or something that you, you know, you see that most people don't, whether, whether they take it or not. I mean, sometimes it helps. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember half the instructors I had, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I have a different kind of memory than Tim, but, uh, were you, were you in my group one year? Yeah. I think I was with you one year and I was I with Jimmy so. Llewellyn one year and Good. I was with Lynn the first year. Okay, I had okay, yeah. There was Lynn. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I had I had Shelly Bear one year. Yes, I know that. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, there was you know Shelly was the one that got me to put my weight on the proper foot, and that was something that nobody had ever talked to me about. That's, that's it. Yeah. And it yeah, she, made, no, she's made a great too. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't know what happened to Danny, but she's great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I was really lucky to play alongside her a couple times. Uh, I know we played on a, two masters teams together, and just you know the the way she thinks and and the conversations we have mm-hmm. on and off the lanes. Um, really, really great person. Yeah, one hundred percent. The CBC. I, I drove to Regina one year. They had the ladies CBC provincial, and I I remember leading going into the last game, and she beat me, and then she did really well on CBC. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah. good memories. Yeah, uh, absolutely wonderful human being, and and I just want to point out that I really like Danny. We're going camping with Danny, or <laughs> Danny was supposed to be going camping with us next week, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, wonderful human being. But yeah, it's just little things like that that you can point out, and you know, away you go. And um, the one thing that was like really helpful for me, and um, I had kind of a, a big like inside out loop uh, arm swing. And I remember that my final year was with Shelly and like they, you know, Shelly and Tom both looked at me and was like, yeah, you know what? You, you can keep doing that. It's consistent. Your arm's coming through fine. And, and, uh, you'll, you'll average 250 with it probably. Um, but they, we did the videotaping and this is going to make us all sound really old because this VHS. was before we had cell phones and it was all on yeah. VHS. And so, but we didn't get a chance to look at it while I was there. And I remember taking it back home and then playing it and i was like that's really dumb that looks really stupid (laughs) but i saw it and we nobody could see it before and you know i saw it and it was like instantly i fixed it right away but um without that i don't know if i would have ever fixed my arm swing or be where we are today and um it's yeah use video people but um even even as like an instructor going back i i've only went back just for the one year um, and it was a great experience, but the one thing it does is it definitely gets your brain engaged into the game really quick for a- and like analyzing everything. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom probably recorded things on a video disc, so whatever, <laughs> or reels, big reels. <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely gets your brain engaged into the game really quick and how to analyze things and other people and yourself and. Um, you know, you do that at the start of August, all of a sudden September rolls around, you're kind of mid-season form already. Totally, totally different perspective going as a, as a, as a pro or a coach compared to going as a, as a player. Um, for everybody knows Tom is a totally different person. 
then you think as a coach, as a sorry, as a as a bowler, then when you get to know him as as a off the lanes, um, you, you think he's all prim and proper, and then you you go behind and uh, we talk about coaches, and he's like, "What do you guys want to do today?" Like, like it's very much um, relaxed, and it's it's good, and it's it's uh, he trusts the coaches and everything like that. Uh, the big thing I remember the most was um, the the pro speaks, and that's why I really think for us when we do our our get together with the pros, I think that's important, asking questions and and learning from them. That's sort of what I brought in, like why I do that with the TPC, because that's what I took from the bowling school. I learned a lot from it, and it wasn't hey, what's your high score or what's this. It was like what were you in that position? What were you learning from that? And then you could kind of relate because you know I was sort of in that in that spot in YBC. And they were feeling that way maybe during this open match. And this is what they did. And then you can apply it to something else. So I thought the pro speak was really good about that. Um, it, was, it was just interesting. It was, it was You could take always take something from it, right? So Yeah, and, and it has changed over the years. Um, I remember um, the sports psychologist that he would bring in and do talks with. Um, lots of sports videos. So we could, we could look at the, you know, the Olympian and, and compare how bowling could be like that just the, you know always always thinking about the game but didn't feel like it was too much and always having that balance with some fun and and i think that kids get more out of it when there is that balance mm -hmm. yeah the um the uh yeah the, the sports psychologist was a huge benefit and it was also our chance to nap <laughs> it was like Saturday afternoon that they do the relaxation session every year, and, and everyone was exhausted by that already. And you know, oh, it's nap time, yeah, away we go. But uh, this, yeah, the sports psychologist part of it was really good. And you're right, Tom, Tom's got it really set up well. Where you know you have an hour of this, and then you break it up and you go do a classroom session or something. So you're constantly yeah. switching it up all the time. So you're you don't get bored really quick, and but you learn a lot. And you know in Alberta we have our bowling camp and they call it a camp and it's okay i mean you know you learn some things but you do a lot of hanging out and it's a lot more time off the lanes than on and uh that's why i really think bowling school is Im like immensely important if you want to well not Im immensely right. beneficial to anybody it's that beneficial yeah and if you're a kid that loves to bowl and you want that that little head start before the season um, and it's been switched from Saskatoon to Regina, and, and you know there's good things about both places, but just having that little change of venue, and um, it'll be it'll be a good challenge to just keep it keep it going and get those. Who's annoyed, five pin guy? I think he's distracting me. <laughs> I I think the next TPC pro. Uh, Pro thing, I think at the end we got to do is a gauntlet with the pros. Oh. We got we got to do the gauntlet. I, I don't know if Adam Adam or Carrie know what the gauntlet is. So each pro is up on a lane, and then the kids run through and they try to beat you for whether it's strikes or or whatnot, or they or they pick a challenge on you, and yeah. and you talk as much smack as you want to these kids, and <laughs> and you run it out or whatever like that. And I remember Lonnie's kid, I think it was it was Braden, is it? Yeah, and, and Brady, I, I ran a shot out like eight lanes over on him, and he's like a little bantam at that point. He's like, are you kidding me? Dad, look what he did to me. And I was like, go home, go home, right? And it was awesome, right? But, and so you he, know he remembered that. 
yeah, yeah. He, he, gave, he gave me shit at the autumn open right away. He's like, Dad, he was the one. I was like, yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. But it, it was fun. Like, it was a great time. Firstly, Tim, you haven't run anywhere. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so secondly, uh, just, just kind of take that an extra step further, is, uh, especially going back year after year after year, and I, I didn't have that, that opportunity for, for that particular school, uh, but you, you mentioned all these different coaches and this, these, these different perspectives and backgrounds, and I think that's the, the, one of the, the, the big keys to growing in this game is to be open-minded enough to listen to other people's kind of thought processes and you may not take everything from it but you might take one little part that your game might just be missing right so always be open to it and always be asking questions and that's every time i've heard about this this school um that that's that's all the positivities that that i keep hearing is all the pros were super approachable you could ask any question you wanted, and everybody came away with an absolutely positive experience. Yeah. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and I, I think the, oh, totally, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I think the great thing going there as an instructor too is that you know all those kids are there to learn and are willing to learn. Um, you know, mostly. as as a co <laughs> mostly yes. There's going to be a few that go there that are just, but especially if you're in the C division or whatever, like those kids. Those kids are there to learn, and they they want to get better, and they want to be the best, and so they're going to be open minded, like you said, Adam, to uh, to taking those things, and and we all, we all know coaching YBC and stuff. You're going to have a handful of kids that really want to learn, and you're going to have a handful of kids that really don't care. You know, they're there to socialize, and that's the great thing about the game. It's a broad spectrum of people, right? But at least when you go there, you know you're going to be listened to, and that and that makes that makes coaching a lot more fun. Honestly, it, it, if it doesn't feel like you're banging your head against a wall, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom threw me a curveball a few years ago when he gave me the day school kids. I had typically been with the, the you know level C higher average, and mm -hmm. the day school kids are younger than um, what's allowed, so they come for a day. We have to just try and give them as much as, as possible in that one day, so that they want to uh, they want to come back for the four days. Um, and I remember how rewarding it was and, and how excited the kids were when they left. And I actually had one kid that said, I'm, I'm staying the four days. And he, he told Tom he was staying and, and I think he ended up staying for four days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm staying. This, this is awesome. That's great. That's what you love to see. That's awesome. Hmm. So we're, we're going to move on to, to uh, a topic uh, bowling on mainstream media. I know that uh, Lennon, you both have bowled on CBC and, and TSN with success uh, with your daughter Aaliyah and her husband able to film the, the first couple WCBT finals. How important is it to have bowling on mainstream media? You're asking myself? Yeah, you, I think, yourself. I think any kind of exposure that this sport gets is yeah. going to be um, beneficial. I, you know, I think this podcast has been huge, especially through a time when people don't have that live competition as much. Um, you know, Aaliyah and Taryn did a fabulous job with uh, with what they did to to just make it interesting. You know, those, those episodes. Um, I I like it. I I miss watching TSN. I miss watching CBC. So if you have a way to get our sport out there, you know, I I wished 
every province was doing something like that and we could see something every week and show, and show the kids like this is pretty cool let's watch this yeah so, yeah we got to keep it going yeah no, exactly we need to start creating divisions we need to have like a, a five pin u you know saskatchewan division and then they can <laughs> they can run some matches every week and you know Every Wednesday night be Saskatchewan night, and every Thursday night be Manitoba night. And... How big's your Patreon account? Not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. Like, we, we have to continue the exposure. Um, obviously, finally getting out of this whole pandemic, and people can actually get back on the lanes. I. I I expect a, a bit of a spike of players getting back to not not necessarily like TV type of events, but uh, I, I think your leagues are going to start growing a little bit more, at least in the first year or two, while people kind of get back and they, they also want to support all the centers out there across the country. Um, but the, the the TV side of it, there, there's so many options now um, that weren't necessarily there 15, 20 years ago. Uh, when anybody can just pull out a phone and, and create a match and post it on, on YouTube or something along those lines. And uh, the 5 Pin Universe, uh, like they, they share all of this media, right? So as long as it's posted somewhere, somebody's going to probably share it, and it's probably going to continue that, that additional exposure, which it, it can only benefit. And, yeah. um, you know, if we can get, you know, maybe some of the, the national... Um, personnel to to get on board with that as well i think that would be extremely helpful because that that's that's the key to this whole thing in my personal opinion uh five five pin universe can only do so much without the support of the national bodies and uh that that has to happen sooner than later this sport is uh it's it's on a real bad track our community is strong and i really do think like things like the, the facebook and facebook live you know tournaments and things but you're right we do need to have we do need to have the sponsor step up and say let's do this again yeah yeah it's just a it's a losing battle because um as tom said traditional media will always have a place and for sure it will like the tsn's the cbc's will always be a thing it's just money talks right and unfortunately our sport is not fruitful for money there isn't a lot of a lot of extra cash rolling around so then you got to find sponsors to fill that cash void right and without people sharing it following liking doing all that stuff like they scroll through their facebook feed they see it they watch it and then they move on they don't like it they don't share it how do you how do you gain traction how do you gain viewership if the people that you're actually targeting aren't helping you move it along right it, it's it's tough when people don't do it like we have uh i forget how many followers on our facebook page alone and you get like 40 people like a video that you put out Seven, but 17 yeah but two thousand people watch it it's yeah. how hard is it just to hit the like button do you not want your friends to see that you're liking a bowling thing like what what is the issue here like it it's it's a struggle and we continue to push out media and hopefully it catches it's just we'll, we'll keep doing what we're, what we're doing and hopefully we get we get better at it and it'll catch other people's yeah. attention right the, the way i kind of look at it it's it's frustrating on like 
I guess on our part, maybe I can, I say our, but the way I see things is, you know, there's so many centers out there. There's so many people bowling at those centers, right? And then even the associations, you can filter those down. We have so many networks out there, right? And uh, I, I can only speak on like Sherwood Bowl, for example. Like if we try our best to, to, to give the best and try to filter that information down towards our bowlers, but we're only one center of how many out there, right? Uh, if every center was doing the same thing, I don't think we'd be in the same in the same part, right? <laughs> yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you, right? And and it's and until we get there, everything's algorithms out there, everything's number number based, and everything else like that. So um, when people say we just need a sponsor, it's it's not it's not that simple, right? So we we, we got to have a product in order to create that, and that's sort sort of why we're we're doing these podcasts or we. we the tours doing the, the finals matches or we're trying to build those videos with the E5. We have to build something in order to get that other spot, right? So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good, good news, though, guys. This week they changed the uh, the single-game betting rules here in Canada. Yep. They have. Now's our time to shine, I'm telling you. <laughs> Now's our time to shine. We have got to get on onto something. Poker Stars has sports now and Bet365 and all this stuff. Now's our time. <laughs> yeah. We gotta get in there somehow. You gotta find somebody that knows somebody that's involved in one of these gambling sites and stuff like that. Because, like you said, the WCBT could be running the Autumn Open, and there could be people betting on matches or betting on the champion. Right? That they've opened that ruling up for Canada. It's legalized now. It's a it's a big thing. It's just who knows what you need to fit that criteria is the yeah. issue right but you know what at least i at least we have some things in place already and i know this is kind of going really off topic but i don't care uh, <laughs> at least we have some we have some things in place already and that's that's like the rankings and stuff like that and if there's a way that we could facilitate including you know a, an, another ranking that includes everything like they used to have back in the day that included, you know, Masters and the Open and, and all the cash tournaments and all that stuff, put that into one consolidated ranking system, then we could do, like, even if it was just one-on-one -on -one matches. It doesn't even have to be part of the WCBT. We're going to have Adam Weber versus Mitch Davies on this date, you know, Logan Paul versus, you know, May Mayweather. <laughs> YouTuber versus TikToker. Right? But, but, like, you could have that. and At least you know, okay, so you're going to have number one versus number two on this day, at this time, this is when it's going to be. And we have a definitive ranking system that tells people that. So at that point, you know, away you go. And uh, I, I really think that that's the point where we're going to start getting non-bowlers to tune in because that's what we need. We need to expand past our local community of bowlers, of the higher elite level bowlers, to try to include, you know, all the even, even the lower average bowlers, and then, you know, even people in the States and all those people, that will come with gambling. That will, and it's, it's a sad thing to say, but that will come if we can live stream gambling and bet on it. It will happen. People will bet on anything. Absolutely. They just need, they just need to know what's out there. People were gambling on marbles. Yeah. Like marble races. It's <laughs> fun to watch, man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No. no. Back, 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 back in the day, Wilton and I used to gamble on everything. $20 to see how fast the pin chaser took to 
to, yeah. to, to do it. Five in you does not condone illegal gambling. We're talking about legal gambling. Legal here. gambling now. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. <laughs> but that that's just that's just my take. But I think that that's a big step forward with us. And you know, maybe we, we gotta we try it's hard to reach out to Bet365 and I've tried before. It's convoluted to get a hold of anybody. Plus it is a European based website, so I don't know if they're gonna give a crap about five pin bowling, but poker stars might. Maybe poker stars will. I'll see what I can dig up. <laughs> so send, send Get on that. Tick, send him a TikTok. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my rant. Tim, All we right. can move on now. I'm done talking. Okay. Anyways, so I was gonna say. Tra- <laughs> Tracy, was was there any difference when you watched the tour finals compared to the CBC TSN? Did you notice any difference when you were watching Lenny play uh, compared to when you watch, used to watch the CBC T- and TSN or participate in it? Yeah, I think the the atmosphere was a little more lively. I I enjoyed the music um, with the competitors, just a little more relaxed. Um, no, I think you know the similarities. The commentating was there. The crowd was there. Um, CBC, they throw the red light up and you have to stop. I don't remember that being part of WCBT. Um, so you kind of just let, let them do things that they, they know they needed to do. And I, I enjoyed the atmosphere of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more modernized that way. Right. Uh, do you remember why they had the red light? Like, obviously it was for commercial spots, but it was all post-produced anyways, wasn't it? It wasn't live. There are probably more people out there that could comment on that. Um, you know, I don't know if it was a, a commentary thing where they where they wanted to review something or um, it wasn't because of, like I remember playing on free fall there. It wasn't because of the, the tangles or clearing the wood. It was just, no, you're stopping and we're going to, you know, I'm not yeah. sure if it was the commentary part. And they wanted it, to it, definitely, it definitely yeah. probably could have been, right? Yeah, or instant replay. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure on that. I just remember it kind of went, kind of threw me. It's like, okay, yeah. I can't pull yet. Well, then you have to, check, you know, remember to breathe, remember your pre-shot routine. And, and it was a Imagine, different, yeah. a different animal than TSN that way. Imagine if Dexter had a red light. Holy. No, you, nope. But you know what? If, if, if I think it'd be okay. I, I would rather like, hey, red light goes up. Okay, they're going to do an instant replay. I just walk to the back and go grab a drink or something and go up and... Then, then go through my really fast routine. Um, but it's I would rather that than be forced to just slow my whole routine down the entire time. You know? Yeah. I'd, I, yeah. I'd prefer that over being forced to change how I play the game. So at least if I see a red light, I'll have a second, I'll go back, take a sip or something, go back out. Cause I don't want to do that while the cameras are on. Yeah. I don't want to just throw... You know, throw a strike on lane, whatever, and then walk to the back and just chill back there and go. But at least if there's a red light, I can do that, and I can still play my kind of game. So I it think was, I prefer that, honestly. It was more natural, though, at the end of a frame. When they stopped you in the middle of a frame after oh. your first strike, then it was, oh, you know, I want to go pick that corner pin, or I want to, you know, and that was the part that was, it kind of stalled mm-hmm. it a bit. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be kind of unethical, I think. Uh, but they don't know any different, and it's and it's being 
they're just producing it, so you have to live with it, right? So it's for well, television, right? Yeah. And that was CBC, and that was Ernie Abaganis, and that was it was a, it was a big show. Yeah. yeah. And the crowds were incredible in Winnipeg, and you know it was just to be a part of it. You felt humbled to be there, so you're gonna, you know, do what's asked of you. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's crazy. So. I guess the other thing uh, we didn't have on our agenda because we don't follow the agenda like Daryl does um, is let's talk about your family a little bit. I mean, uh, and your and your daughters. We don't want to talk about Len. We talked about him enough. Um, but all your daughters have, have participated in bowling, but some of them are moved on and whatnot and are successful with other things in their careers and stuff like that. So um maybe uh maybe touch base on your daughters and your family in bowling sure. yeah no um we have three daughters and Aaliyah and her husband taryn have the pregnant media and Aaliyah did place place in ybc and i actually got to coach her and alexi i think it was at a youth challenge provincial so in ybc when they were younger i we got the bronze medal in regina and that was that was kind of fun um yeah, both of those kids, the older ones, pretty competitive. Aaliyah was more competitive outwardly than Alexi, but Alexi's pretty easygoing, and, and uh, she's she's uh, definitely taken her art to places that I, I can't, uh, you know, I wouldn't have imagined she could. Um, she's also really excited right now. I'm going to share that she's getting trained right now to manage some movie theaters in North Valford. So she's pretty pumped about that because movies are a big deal to her as well, and that's part of her life. Um, so hopefully continue her art. Um, Aaliyah and Taryn have a, a little girl named Taven, and she's our, she's our only grandchild. And, you know, she was here today for a little bit. She's just a little spitfire and keeps, <laughs> keeps me hopping. Um, so we love her. And then uh, Kira is just turned 13. And you know she's just really active and loves sports. Um, loves to throw the ball. She's very determined. Um, just a great kid that way. Loves volleyball. Wants to wants to do well in sports. And you know, she and her dad will both throw, and, and it's, he's a good coach for her. Um, and he's coached her more than I've coached her. I'm I'm more of a supportive role that way now. And I'll, I told her I'll be her biggest cheerleader. <laughs> awesome. well, that yeah. leads right into this question too I guess uh, Lori's like how do they feel with you coaching uh, I, I thought it went better with the older two and uh, I don't even know if they're listening but Aliyah and Alexi um, I, I see Len's <laughs> no this doesn't come out wrong I see Len's <laughs> attitude came out more with Aliyah when she played she was, she was more of a firecracker and uh and Alexi is more laid back like myself, but she also, like, she's competitive, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. It was easier to coach them. I found I butted heads pretty good with like, Kira. And she just responded better to Len. So I, I'll bowl with her in a league and I'll cheer her on, but just the whole coaching. I know, Mom, you know, and I get some comments like that. And, and with <laughs> Len, it's, it's, yeah, he just he has a better way with her. They, they have Sometimes that just happens. I mean, like, he's a great team. kid, and I, you know, I, I love all three of them, but sometimes personalities come out and, yeah. and we do clash at times. Tim, Tim hated having my dad around. Like, there you, go. you know, yeah. 
like while while he was like Tim, like you know, if he would try to. And Dad, Dad wasn't really like a big like coaching sort of person when we were in YBC. Uh, he didn't really start coaching until after we were out of YBC. And Dad really wanted to help us out a whole lot, but he, he's super supportive. Dad, really good, but. You know, sometimes you just don't want to hear that, and that was something that I think Tim kind of struggled with at times. Is that he didn't always want them like right behind them, trying to support them. He just kind of wanted to brood and go for a walk by himself, sort of thing. And and so sometimes that's just the way it is. And it's nothing, nothing personal against anybody. It's just you know, sometimes hearing things from your parents, it's it's easier to lash out and be angry with the people you're closest to, of course. right? Of course, and, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. And I coached Alexi at Winter Games one year. That was that was kind of fun too, an experience. Hmm. And that was up in Prince Albert. So, yeah. So that's the extent of it. Besides, you know, the, the every week um, communication of during league play and YBC. Yeah. 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 L- Lenny Lenny has a obviously has a a close bond right with with your youngest daughter. They they drive everywhere to go bowling. Like, I mean. They even go. Don't they go to Vagerville? They go to Stetler. Yep. Yep. They go everywhere, right? We're, yeah. we're looking forward to coming to Sherwood next month in July. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They're coming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Lenny's coming with a two eighty average. I hear. So that's what I said. Okay, I, said so. I said I would. I would figure. I would figure it out. So that's what I figured out just now. Well, we just, I mean, we just got to use his most recent average, right? What did he throw for those three games for the? Uh... For the the five gamer, I think that should or the eight gamer that should be uh, that should that's be his average. Yeah. That yeah. was before the shoulder surgery, you guys. Yes. Yeah. 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 So he should be better now. Yeah. Robot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great a great scene to do all that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the 24th to see you guys and yeah, um, absolutely. And I, same as your IQ. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh well, I think uh, that leads us in the perfect time to end this podcast. Uh, we're getting close to that two-hour mark. Tracy, uh, once again, one of the best players, one of the best people involved in bowling. Um, we enjoy. You and of course you have to drag Len along to the, all the tour stops, but we appreciate you when you come out and chit chat with you, and it's a good time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You guys are doing such a great job, um, and I was extremely nervous, I have to say. Um, <laughs> no, you guys, you guys are doing such a great job to promote our game, and just looking forward to those live competitions again, and, and seeing people face to face, and and having those conversations. Thanks for having me. Thank you for everything you do for the game. Really appreciate it. Um, You're more than welcome to sit in the back room. We'll we'll just wrap up this podcast, run our draw and stuff like that. Or if you have to leave because Lenny needs something or I don't know, whatever. That's completely up to you. We know he's pretty pretty needy. So, (laughs) All right. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Thanks, Tracy. Tracy. What a tremendous lady! Yeah, she's awesome. I've been around the sport. I, I, I still what? There's probably three people I, I vaguely like remember from the old TSN days, because uh, that that would have been, I guess, when I was 13, 14, and really starting to to, to understand the sport a little bit. And 
Uh, Trace is definitely one that I do remember and uh, showed, just showed so much passion and poise on the lanes and uh, so, so much fun to watch. Uh, had, had a chance to, to play uh, with uh, Dai at one of the Masters Nationals and uh, both Len and Tracy were there as well. And uh, just a phenomenal person to be uh, around the lanes with. Totally. And, and, and I'm not surprised she was memorable. I mean, like I said, averaging 300 yeah. <laughs> in, in, on, on camera is incredible. Absolutely incredible. But I mean, even all today, like all you ever see is just the, the big smile on her face and just, yeah. just a super happy person. And like we talked about, I think it's so important for our game that the stars are... And, you know, the higher level people and the influential people are approachable. And uh, I don't know if there's a person more approachable than she is. So um, mm-hmm. super grateful to have her in our game, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I've known, like I said, I've known Tracy for, well, for almost, you know, 20 years now, right? And uh, like I said, the first day I was nervous to Saskatoon and she was one of the first people to ever speak to us. And uh, super approachable, super humble. Um it's very nurturing. Like her, she's. If you look at Saskatoon Bowling School, you happy when when your partner. Yeah, won. yeah. <laughs> but, but, if, but if you look at Saskatoon Bowling School, uh, other than Tom, you always. I always thought Tracy, right? And as and that's how I always thought Saskatoon Bowling School. I always thought Tom, and I always thought Tracy because, um, I, I think that school, uh, wouldn't be the same without Tracy, right? And that's how I kind of always felt it that way, and, um, <laughs> she. That's, uh, she's she's a hell of a person to have there, and um, I don't think she gives enough self enough credit. Uh, she's done a wonders for the sport that way. So, yeah, kind of what you were saying, <laughs> what you were saying before uh, the podcast even started, Tim was. It's almost one year to the day that we had Len on this podcast, and uh, how we really screwed up, and we needed Tracy on first, and then Len could have been a hundred, yeah. 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 three hundred sixty-five days later, but. Uh, no, it, to have a couple like them involved in the sport at such a high level and so involved with bowling school and all that stuff, it, it's amazing. And we can't thank them enough for coming on our stupid little podcast and helping us out and bringing um, their memories and everything to our audience, right? Um, to have people watching us live and watching the post after um like I said, I'm, I'm still blown away by how well this podcast is done. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're just they're both just such great people and great with the kids and ultimately the kids are the future of our game. If we don't have the kids involved, we're uh, we're, we're done, guys. And uh, those two have done a phenomenal job with just the, the kids in general. And yeah, very grateful for both of them. Yeah. Always promoting the game. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So. Before we run this uh, draw, we just want to remind everybody, we are on hiatus next week. It's been a long while coming, um, but we'll be back in two weeks. We already have a guest lined up, but we're going to let that simmer on the coals for a little bit. We'll we'll make an announcement, maybe Canada data. We, we, did, we didn't want to just invite and like, you know what, you and I, we're going to be camping next week. Um, we may not be sober <laughs> Maybe maybe there'll be a random a random you know seven p.m. live with us and maybe we'll maybe we'll bring this guy on. Not just kidding. Hey, the, these guys can join too. We can still set up our streamyard. Won't be a problem. It'll be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that is our worst idea ever. 
Alright, let's get this uh, draw done. Once again, thank you All-Star Bowling Sales for uh, providing this draw again. And probably not going to be Adam Weber because he's not very lucky. And uh, Len Asset doesn't count. I haven't <laughs> seen my name yet. That's not a good sign. That usually means that it may, it'll pop up at the right time. Oh, oh Tim, Tim Hooper. Hooper. Excellent. That's good, though. Sweet. He put in a rave review for our Taylor Michelle podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he raved all about it, eh? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> oh, I laughed. I laughed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thanks, Adam, for stepping in again while our uh, DB is on the mend, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Hopefully he feels better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm joking. No, I'm sure he'll be fine in a day or two. Seems yeah. to be the trend. Yeah, yeah for sure. Had a, had a blast, boys. Thanks again for the invite. Thank you. Perfect. Have a good Always one, guys. Always great having you on, Adam. <laughs>